Welcome to The Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Today we're going to talk about something that we're hearing a lot about lately, and it's as old as the centuries, and it's mindfulness. And my guest is Mark Lesser. He's a CEO, Zen teacher, and author, and he leads trainings and talks worldwide. And his brand new book is called Seven Practices of a Mindful Leader, Google and a Zen Monastery Kitchen. And this is really going to outline practices essential to be a mindful leader. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Patricia. Yes, uh, wonderful. I also want to let people know that you've led mindfulness and emotional intelligence programs at many of the world's leading businesses and organizations, including Google, SAP, Genetech, and Twitter. That's pretty amazing. All right, so let's, I know you have these seven principles, and I'd love to talk about each one. The first one is love your work, acknowledge and cultivate uh, aspiration. And I think my question is, what if you don't love your work for people who feel stuck? (laughs) So it's interesting how um, you're not alone in in kind of interpreting it like that, but it but what it, the practice is really love, love not, not so much your work, but love the work. Um, so it's kind of doing a, a bit of an Aikido move um, from what, what people mostly hear. So what it, the, the first practice is to love the work of awareness, love the work mm. of, of discovering what it means to be a human being. Uh, to, like, like, like this, this I think is, is the real work, no matter what you're doing. And, and, it, and in some way, for a lot of people, uh, it can take the pressure off in a certain way. Uh, a lot of people come to me wanting to, you know, wanting more clarity in what their career should be, what kind of work they should do. And these are hard, you know, and I, I understand that these are, these are important uh, questions and decisions. But I find myself often directing people to, like no, the real the real work is to know yourself. The real work is to understand yourself, and you can do that in any. You can use any job to to do that. So that's what the mm. the first practice. The first practice, in a way, is like cultivating that sense of like no, like be be you know feel your own sense of calling around self discovery around cultivating mm. your own. Your own mm-hmm. sense of curiosity and your own yeah. sense of wonder, your own wonder. And again, it's very basic, it's very obvious in, a, in some way, but it's also, I think, uh, kind of a profound shift to, to realize that that's the real well, work. So the first, well, it, the first it is, is love the work. Well, it is because it keeps you in the now, and many of us are not in the now. We're talking, but we're really miles away. So what this does when you say love the work and acknowledge it is it keeps you present so you're aware of every minute, correct? Yeah, and I think, you know, part of that is that um, it it also lets us see how easily we're distracted, how easily we're fooled. That's just part, that's also just part of this human, 
this human condition. So, so it's a it's a reminder to come back to what's what's really important. What's what's uh, what's in my what's in my heart right now. What what should I be really paying attention to and focused on now? And to be to be careful to be to notice all the ways that we are, you know, pulled. I mean, there's endless endless distractions and you know things that uh the the shiny there's so many shiny objects these days that can get our attention so it's just a reminder come back love the work of knowing yourself and and love the work of helping others this is is i think the basic yeah so let's go to the next one which is do the work which is having a regular meditation and mindfulness practice. And, you know, that sounds easy, but for a lot of people, that sort of regularity and discipline is challenging. So how can people ease, ease into this, Mark? Yeah, I, I, two things that I, that I often suggest. One is start with what you can do. You know, any, I think anyone can find, you know, a minute or three minutes a day to just, to even just having a really short time that you, that's doable on a regular basis. But the, the other thing that I've been more and more talking about lately is the importance of, of meditating with others. Uh, even if it's once a week or once a month, there's something, there's something qualitatively different and important, I think, about um, if you can. I mean, some people, you know, some people, it might not be possible for everyone, but for most people, uh, to find to find another person or some kind of a group of people uh, to to sit with is um, I think really really valuable. Yeah, so so important. So now let's talk about the exact practice, which is the mindfulness practice. There's so many. I mean, are we talking about counting and holding our breath? Are we are we talking about <laughs> You know, yogic breathing. Are we talking about visualizations where we go to the beach? (laughs) What are we talking about here, or is it any of those? Yeah, you know, there are uh, there are literally hundreds of different kinds of of meditation practices, and and I think they all they all have their place. They all can be useful to certain people at certain times. I I teach what I think of as um, very basic, simple. it's, It's essentially uh, find find a way to step out of you know f- find a quiet spot uh, and and just pay attention just keep coming back mm-hmm. to the breath and the body just keep so, coming back to the breath the breath and the body and um, and it sounds ridiculously simple um, and, and it it's and not. it is in in a way and it's not right that mm-hmm. that. Um, for anyone, you know, for anyone that's new, you'll discover it's not so simple. And for anyone that isn't new doing this, uh, it's, it's a kind of an endless practice of, you know, it's a little bit, I, I, I sometimes think uh, how amazing sleep is, right? That we, yes. we, we, ta- we take it for granted, but, but we know now, you know, science, I think, has, has shown that when we are asleep, there is amazing repairing and, and things happening in our brains and bodies. Well, I think science is now starting to show that something like that, different, but in that realm is happening when we meditate, when we step out, when we just are not trying to get anything and we're just 
bringing our awareness to the breath and the body. And, and also where we get to, like, like in sleep, we get, we get to kind of access our own unconscious mind and our conscious thoughts and our stories. So there's some, there's some I think, really valuable uh, processing that's happening with this simple act of noticing the breath, noticing the body, and, not- and partly it's noticing your story, noticing whatever your story is, and letting it go again and again. So it's really breathing. It's really breathing in and out. Could it be visualization, or is it more watching the breath? It, you know, there are many, you know, many, many different kinds of guided meditations or visualization practices. And again, I think um, those, those are great. Uh, but I, uh, my, my suggestion is, and again, it's interesting. I think for a lot of people, um, it can be, uh, visualizations can be a good way to get started because being just stopping completely and just noticing one's breath and body can be hard can be hard for people but I, again coming back to it's it's uh sitting with others really makes really makes a big difference getting getting the support of others and supporting others to to make this um it's kind of, it's a bit paradoxical it's kind of an effort mm-hmm. an effort to let go of effort uh effortless effort uh you know, I, I often instruct people in uh, sit in a way that's both relaxed and alert, relaxed and alert. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like when you watch people, you know, athletes, and it looks so easy, and like they're just doing it, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, this dance, but they practiced yeah. and practiced and practiced. So we totally. have a few minutes before break, so let's do the next one. Don't be an expert is your third practice. Let go of thinking that you are right be vulnerable. So does that mean that um, when you hear something that you don't believe in or use contrary to what you feel and think, that you should at least open your mind to listening? Definitely. I think there's um, something quite um, profound about the practice of, of listening. And again, uh, not, not assuming that you know, not assuming that you're right, like actually being curious about what other people think about other views, uh, being curious about what you think. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we are so, we're so easy. We, we want to be, you know, we want to be right. Um, I, I, I quote, um, I talk a lot about my a Google scientist friend who's fond of saying that uh, we humans are descendants of the nervous apes, right? That part mm. of our part of our evolution is to be scanning for threats, right? That we very easily feel fear. We very easily feel threatened. And this is good, right? It keeps, it bas- it keeps us alive. But in the realm of self-awareness and self-development, there's something about uh, letting, noticing how we scan for threats and being, and being more curious and, li- and listening, all right, I think we have time for the fourth one, and then we'll go to the next ones after the break. Connect to your pain. We all goof. Transforming pain into learning and opportunity is really important. So talk about connecting to your pain. Yeah, this is, I think, a, a very uh, powerful practice of uh, not, not avoiding what's difficult, uh, noticing, mm-hmm. noticing that we don't get what we want, noticing that we get what we don't want, noticing 
that things change. You know, if you if you're yeah. any uh, any question about impermanence, just look in the mirror. Um, you know what we and that and also um, the the pain of um, getting getting older, the pain of knowing that we will one day lose everyone and everything, and that and that this awareness can be a really um, important motivator to be yeah. present, to do what's important, to not be distracted. So this is the, the practice of uh, not, avo- not avoiding what's difficult. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to speak to that personally because, you know, when I go through experiences that are difficult or painful and I say, why did this happen? I always look for the learning well, what did I gain from that? You know, what did I learn? And what awareness was created? That does help me an awful lot. It really does. Because it takes away the anger and bitterness. It's like, okay, well, you went through this. It was tough. But what did you gain from it? What did you learn? So that I've found hit very helpful. And when we're avoiding, when we are, you know, don't want to go toward even, even just to feel one's own sense of sadness or one's own sense of longing, and to experience that on the on the other side of that, when we when we allow those feelings that are difficult, um, many times we feel a sense of pleasure or satisfaction that we that we miss if we're always kind of running away from what from mm-hmm. what feels difficult. Right. It works on both sides, right? Pleasure and pain in terms yep. of feeling works on both sides. All right. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk to Mark about connecting to pain of others, depending on others making it simpler, and also what are the essences of being a mindful leader. And we're going to be right back with Mark Lesser, who is the CEO and Zen teacher and author. He leads trainings and talks worldwide, and his new book is Seven Practices of a Mindful Leader, Google and a Zen Mastery Kitchen. All right, stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. 
you can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back and we are talking to mark lesser who's a CEO, Zen teacher, and author who offers trainings and talks worldwide. And organizations he's spoken for have been Google, SAP, Genetech, and Twitter. The name of his new book is Lessons from Google and a Zen Monastery Kitchen. But the title of the book is Seven Practices of a Mindful Leader. And that's what we're talking about. And welcome back, Mark. Thanks, Patricia. All right, so we talked about love the work, which is acknowledging and being aware, doing the work, which is having a regular practice. We talked about don't be an expert, let go of thinking that you're always right. And then we talked about connect to your pain, transforming pain into learning and opportunity. And now we're on number five, which is connect to the pain of others. Don't avoid the pain of others. We are all connected. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, this this in a way is um, very much uh, empathy practice, which uh, lots of research has shown that uh, em- empathy, right, connect- connecting deeply, feeling, feeling the feelings of others is something, something that we humans are just hardwired to do. But lots of studies have shown that the, the, more, the more responsibility that we have, the more we move up in an organization, the, the lower one's empathy is, which is really, really interesting. Mm. I think that we, um, that we, tend, to, we tend to focus more more on, uh, on results and more on getting things done, which, of course, we, we have to do that as we, you know, in, in leadership positions, but we can easily lose sight of the fact that, um, and again, this maybe is a good segue into the, the, the sixth practice, we lose sight of that, how much we depend on others. And these two practices very much kind of, I think, go, go together, this sense of uh, feeling, feeling, uh, you know, feeling others' feelings, and then the seeing the uh, the interdependence. How much we are all uh, uh, de- depend on others and are interdependent yeah. in for getting anything done in the in the work world. Yeah, yeah, and it. I think it makes you more. Um, I don't know what the word is, but maybe more whole because you you know when you're feeling like as you said, we're all connected, so it makes you feel more connected. Yeah, and and I've noticed, you know, when I the work that I do in the business world, there's a tendency to just see people as their role in the work world, and to lose the sense that these are human beings. You know, I call it the I call it the dirty little secret of the business world is that we're yeah. all all it's all human beings, and right. and again, um, I think for much of you know much of the industrial revolution was aimed at taking the humanness out of people in the workplace, the sense that, that we, we should operate like machines. And, 
and you know, again, that that may have been useful in in some in some ways, but the world has so changed, and the the need the need for collaboration, uh, the need for people working together uh, within organizations, right across across cultures, across time zones. So, so these two practices of um, connecting to to the pain of others, and then also uh, depend depending on others are really And that important. was the next one. The sixth one is depend on others, let go of that false sense of independence. We're all connected, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah, and there's a, I think of a, a really interesting study uh, that Google did called, uh, called Google Oxygen. Uh, they, Google wanted to know what was it that made certain managers and certain leaders stand out, and they and they came from the assumption that uh, management and leadership didn't really have much effect. They were, you know, these were engineers. They thought it was more about uh, good coders and, and engineering. And they were surprised that they, they learned in this study that they did where they uh, collected a good deal of data that, that there were qualities that separated good managers and good leaders and that these qualities had to do with uh, the skills of coaching, mentoring, and, and listening. Mm. Uh, so it's interesting that these were all kind of, um, you know, emotional, emotional intelligence skills and not engineering skills that, that separated out great uh, managers and leaders. Mm. And you said listening was one of the keys, listening skills. Yeah, yeah. This, again, I think it's such a uh, kind of an underrated, underrated Skill and mm. underrated practice is to mm. is to listen. I I often think you know I I go into corporations and I I will do you know workshops in mindfulness and meditation and emotional intelligence and neuroscience. But when I when I when I'm paying attention to what is really shifting people, what is really getting people's attention, is when I when I get people to just listen. To, to you know to, uh, to to other people, and that people find out how rarely they are actually listening and how rarely they are being listened to mm-hmm. yeah and the last one is make keep making it simpler, stay focused on what's essential oh there's so much to there's so much to around all the time that you know it's hard to focus. talk about that <laughs> yeah, and I think we we live in a world where um Everything is going in the opposite direction of keep making it simpler. Right. Our world is incredibly complex, and so the I think the challenge is how do we find how do we find a sense of uh, focus and simplicity right in the midst of the complexity? We're not we're not going to we're not going to stop or or dampen down the complexity of life, but we have the possibility to focus more on being present uh, on, on and we have the, the the ability to stay with what's what really matters what's really important to me right now what do I what do I want to focus on what do I want to accomplish today or this week or this year yeah what would you say is the essence of mindful leadership how can uh, how can you help leaders in that way I think the essence of it has to it start it starts with self awareness it starts with being aware of what your tendencies are what your proclivities are what your growth areas are where you're strong so i think mindful leadership i think keeps coming back to 
to one's leadership presence, uh, to one's self-awareness. And I, and I think it's, um, uh, it, you know, there, there's, it, it's, being, it's being an inspired leader. I think it's uh, in, inspired to, uh, to connect with others, to help others, and to, uh, to achieve, achieve goals that, that matter. What response have you gotten to the book? What ha- what are some of the questions that you've gotten, Mark? Um, yeah, I think uh, th- there's been a really great response to this book. I think there's such a uh, a huge need right now for people wanting to find a real sense of meaning and engagement, and and people are less and less willing to. You know, there's a um, there's an old expression I think of you know from from ten or twenty years ago that would, that people used to the sense of leaving your soul in the parking lot. Um, yeah. Now, unfor- unfortunately, there's still a huge you know huge gaps, a huge need for people to to feel more engaged, more inspired, more more integrated, and I think these seven practices they they, they allow. They, they provide a path where anyone can stop mm-hmm. being a victim of their circumstances and start becoming more responsible yes. for find, finding, finding your, own, your own sense of what matters, even, even in the midst of difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Where did these seven practices originate from, Mark? They, they actually came from when... Um, I used to run a, an organization that I, I, I helped create. Oh, it was about 12 or 13 years ago. I helped create a program, a mindfulness program inside of Google. And then I, I, created, um, I helped create an organization to bring mindfulness, to scale it inside of Google and also to bring it into other, other organizations. And these practices emerged from a training session in which uh, I was training a group of about twelve Google engineers to be to be mindfulness teachers, and the question, the question on the table was what what are the essential elements, the essential values that 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 anyone should be embracing and embodying if they want to become mindfulness teachers? And these seven these seven practices emerged in that context, and then I realized that they went they went far beyond that. Mm-hmm. Well, then, and we have a couple minutes left, so I want to ask, what does Google and Zen monasteries have in common when it comes to leadership? Yeah, people. <laughs> you know, right. I, think re- I, right. I think really uh, that, um, you know, where, wherever you go, whether you're in a Zen monastery kitchen or on the Google campus, you have, you have people, you have people working together, you have people... Um, uh, often, uh, often struggling with how how to collaborate, uh, how how to get the asking the questions about how can we get the um, the best possible results? How can we how can we make the best possible effort to achieve what we want to achieve working together? Absolutely. What's your message for our listeners? If they get one thing from this interview, what would you like them to get? Oh, I think uh, keep keep coming back, keep coming back to the question of what what matters most in my life uh, right now. Uh, how can I uh, how can I cultivate this sense of uh, of openness 
wonder, vulnerability, and heart. Beautiful. And how can people find your book, Mark? Um, the book can be found anywhere, I hope, in bookstores, online. Um, if you go to my, my website, is uh, Mark Lesser, M-A-R-C-L-E-S-S-E-R dot net, and you can be directed to my book through, through my website as well. Okay, Mark, M-A-R-C, Lesser, L-E-S-S-E-R dot net. Correct. All right, and, and in terms of trainings and workshops, that's all on your website. That is. I have a lot, of, a lot of trainings coming up the last half of this year all over the world. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you, Patricia. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this first interview, and stay tuned. We have another interview coming right up, right after the break, right here on the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.